Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you doing? It is a glorious day here in the Sunshine State. I'm looking at blue skies, green trees. I just absolutely love it. The weather is perfect. It's not too hot, not too cold. And I know it's going to get hotter, but you know, I'm just going to relish what I have right now. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. And I've got such a wonderful guest uh, that we're going to be talking with uh, in just a second. Uh, Today, our show is focusing on conflict and betrayal in the workplace. And I it just kind of all ties in, you know, with what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Last week, we talked about secrets and lies. And so with secrets and lies will come conflict and betrayal. But right now, what I want you to do is just take a deep breath, blow it out. We're just going to kind of get centered. And I want you to feel good about yourself. I want you to say to yourself, I am am the best I can be all the time. There is no one like me but me. I am good. I am smart. I am a great communicator. When people see me, they want to be with me. I attract those people to me freely because of my positive energy that I'm putting out there. And I love life and life loves me, and I'm working toward my best life every single day, every minute, every second that I can breathe air. I feel good today, tomorrow, and forever. I am me. Love me, accept me, forgive me, I forgive myself where I may fall short, but I will learn from those shortcomings and I will be better for them because out of every conflict, out of every battle is a teaching. I just have to relearn it and keep it moving, keep moving forward. It's going to be a great day. All right. (laughs) Okay. So. This morning, we are going to be talking with a dynamic, dynamic uh, guest uh, on on the issue of conflict and betrayal in the workplace. And this is the good Reverend Dr. Kanisha L. Atkins. She is a dynamic preacher, a talented and prolific writer, and a published author. She earned... uh, several terminal degrees, uh, including a Juris Doctrine from the University of Richmond School of Law, a Master of Divinity from the Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology at Virginia Union University, and a Master of Social Work from Virginia Common University. So she has studied in this area. She has looked at it from a variety of viewpoints. And I happened to um, 
in connecting with her, one of the books that she has written is called There's a Juice on My Job. And I love that title. I looked at that and I thought, oh my God, what is this? So there's a Judas on my job, nine steps for surviving workplace betrayal. And her her other book that she's come out as well is Less Than Virtuous, More Than Capable. And those are affirmations for everyday women. So without further ado, I want to bring Judith on. I mean, excuse me, Kanisha on. How are you doing, Kanisha? I'm well, I'm well. Actually, it's pronounced Kanisha like Patricia, but I get that all the time. (laughs) Thank you, Kanisha. Yeah, it's like potato, potato, right? Exactly. It comes out (laughs) the same, but it's a little bit different. (laughs) That's wonderful. Hey, why don't you, you know, let's start with you tell our guests a little bit about uh, yourself. All right, well, sure. Okay. So, as you said, I um, have a few degrees, have a few letters behind my name. I um, actually thought about in the beginning when I was going to undergrad, I thought about becoming a psychologist uh, or becoming a lawyer, and I ended up going the law route. So I went to law school, and um, then some years after that, I... I felt that there was a call on my life to be in ministry, so then I went to uh, the School of Theology. And then fast forward many, many, many years later, actually just uh, within the last uh, eight years or so, I completed a Master of Social Work. And so um, I consider myself a professional hybrid And I try to draw from all parts of my education and experience. I have been fortunate enough to work for several agencies for the Commonwealth of Virginia as an administrative law judge and as a hearing officer. I have focused a lot on affirmative action, equal opportunity employment, sexual harassment, uh, awareness and training, And um, those are just some of the professional things I've done. I've worked as a practicing attorney, and I've represented clients who were attempting to get disability benefits, veterans who were attempting to get disability benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, just, you know, a a very good, rich background for me. And I've really enjoyed being able to just go in a lot of different directions with the various tools that I've been fortunate enough to acquire. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. That gives you uh, good experience and also uh, a lot of background to pull from uh, as you're dealing with this with this topic. Because uh, unfortunately or unfortunately, I guess it depends on how you look at it, uh, conflict is going to happen in your life. You can't get away from it. Absolutely. Um, at some point in time, you're going to be betrayed by somebody or something. Um, and it's, it's how you deal with it and, and, and how you look at it in that perspective, which makes all the difference. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is one of the things I loved about um, reading through your, as I was reading through your book and the, and the different steps. Uh, that you have uh, in there in that book, uh, you know, one of the things that I was able to do my research on on my topics here is is that 85% of, uh, according to the um, Center for Creative Leadership, um, 
85% of workforce betrayal is unintentional. And I thought that's interesting because I never thought about it in that perspective. So if you have a lot of this betrayal that's going on that's unintentional, then we may react. Um, we may react inappropriately because right. we're thinking it's intentional. So I um, really would like you to, you know, kind of talk to us about uh, your book, Help, There's a Judas on My Job. And I want to know, how did you come up with that title? I really... (laughs) Okay. Well, I came up with the title uh, because there was a Judas on my job. (laughs) (laughs) And so this this book is written out of a personal experience uh, with one of the places where I was employed. My administrative assistant betrayed me. Ah. Uh, and for some time, I thought that the problems were coming from a different direction. I thought it was my director. I was actually an executive, um, excuse me, a deputy director for this um, agency. And I thought the problems were coming from my director. Actually, it was coming from a different direction being fed mm-hmm. to my director. And so, again, as I said, I do consider myself a professional hybrid. And so, regardless as to where I am working, even if it's with an agency, I pull on my faith background and my ministerial teaching and training. Mm -hmm. And so, the book actually started as a source of therapy for myself. Oh, okay. So I don't like journaling <laughs> because I feel like I can process well enough in my head and I don't need to put it on the paper. But journaling is great for some people, just not for yeah. me. Okay. Because I am a writer, I tend to be very meticulous in writing. And so journaling is not a freeing exercise for me <laughs> because I'm looking at grammar and I'm looking at sentence structure. And so the book actually... It was not a journal, but I just figured this is a way for me to try to get out some of what I'm feeling and some of what I'm thinking, and also maybe I can help someone else with it. Because as you said, um, it does happen. And, And really, Carla, conflict is prevalent. We always experience conflict. One of the things we probably don't even realize is that when we're watching television, every single show that we watch, there is a conflict. It wouldn't be good watching. It would not be good watching if there wasn't a conflict. Even in comedies, there is some type of conflict that has to be resolved. The problem is how we resolve it. And many people um, either avoid conflict Mm -hmm. or they compete. And competing is fine, uh, especially we're in March Madness. So I don't know if you're a basketball fan. I am. But, I am. Okay, so in March Madness, basketball, any kind of game, competing is fine because there is a conflict, right? Only one team can win or only one person can win. But when it comes to workplaces and working relationships, because even though I talk about betrayal in the workplace, Really, it is about betrayal in working relationships. And when you think about it, every relationship requires work, whether you're being paid for it or whether you're volunteering, whether 
it is for a Fortune 500 company or whether you are an entrepreneur who has a sole, solo practice. I actually had one lady who said to me, well, I don't need the book because I'm, I'm my own boss. I work for myself. Well, that may be true, but you probably have vendors that you have to collaborate with, or you may have a courier um, that you have to work with. And so all relationships require work, and so there is the potential for betrayal in every relationship. And so mine came from my administrative assistant, and I had to figure out a way to navigate through those waters because I wasn't able to just leave the job because I didn't have another one to go to. And so I had to figure out a way to get through, and this book is one of the main ways that helped me to get through it. Well, I tell you, I think uh, this is worth um, picking up. I read, like I said, I, I read through the book. I laughed. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, what I, what I really loved about the book was that there was that juxtaposition of, you know, here's seriously what you need to do. But also, here's some humor in it. But I and and as you said, with your background, you know, it also talks, or you you interject a lot of, uh, uh, I guess we would call them religious stories, uh, yeah. in and telling or talking about uh, conflict and behavior and betrayal. Um, um, but at the end of every every uh, chapter that you have or every step uh, within your book, I love the little reminders. Uh, that you have uh, yeah, in, yeah. In, at, at the end of each one, which I think really says, you know, uh, sort of bottom lines you, here, here's what you got to remember uh, exactly. as, you're, as you're going through that. So I, I think it was, I thought it was, you know, well written. And um, I think anybody could pick this up and, and really uh, get some things out of it and, and enjoy it, but really be able to think about and consider uh, how they're handling conflict or, or betrayal. So, yeah, well, yeah. kudos to you. Um, <clears throat> so, one of the things that you say in your in your book, um, and, and before I do that, I just want to say that, um, you know, they say there are the com most common types of of conflict is man versus self, man versus society, man versus man, man versus nature. Man versus the supernatural, man versus fate, man versus machine. So I'm I'm putting that out there so that people who say, "Well, I don't have any conflicts with anybody." Well, maybe not, but there are other things that you may have that may have conflicts with you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and you may have a conflict. There may be a conflict that you're not aware of because nobody's telling you. So you you know your first chapter says, "Pay attention." Yes, yes. What do, you, what do you mean? What are we paying attention to? All right. Well, again, if we're focusing on the workplace or a working relationship, mm -hmm. especially when it is a new relationship, many times we go into that relationship, whether it's a job or something with a person, and we are kind of tunnel visioned. So if we're learning a new job, our focus is generally on what are the tasks that have been assigned to me? What is my job description? How do I go about carrying out my job? Who can help me uh, fulfill the functions of my job? One of the things we 
fail to do many times is pay attention to what we might call those soft features of the job, the surroundings. So, for example, we might have a tendency to totally gloss over the luncheon that we have when we first get there. You know, we Mm -hmm. think that's just a wonderful display of comradeship, of of team building, and Mm -hmm. we may gloss over just the relationships and how people are interacting. And so when I say pay attention, uh, I'm not saying be paranoid, not saying be paranoid, but be observant. Be Mm. observant of the different dynamics that people bring to the table, people who you're working with, people who maybe you're not working with, but they may just visit the office and kind of come through and chat with people. Be observant of the dynamics because people will tell you who they are based on what they do Mm -hmm. and based on what they don't do. People will tell you who they are based on what they will say and based on what they will not say. So, for example, um, one of the things, and I think I mentioned this in the book as an example, let's say you're in a business meeting or or any type of meeting, and there is an issue that um, people disagree with. Mm -hmm. And you go around the table, people start to weigh in. And let's say there's one person who didn't say anything, who just said, well, I really don't have a comment. Mm -hmm. After the meeting is over, this person kind of pulls you to the side and tells you everything that they Mm -hmm. disagreed with. That is something you need to pay attention to. Because this is a person who didn't speak up when they had the opportunity And so you might want to just, you know, keep your eyes open with regard to that because telling you alone doesn't solve the problem. The problem could have been solved or addressed when you all were around the table. So that's what I mean by pay attention to the dynamics of people and their personalities and their temperaments. I think in your your book you you talk about it's easy to... Uh, notice the loud and talkative people in the spot. Yes, yes. It's very easy to notice people who are boisterous and who always have something to say. But pay attention to the ones who maybe don't speak up in a crowd, but, you know, they want to pull you to the side or pull somebody else to the side. Or, you know, they maybe every now and then have a little snide remark or a little quip to, to say, but they don't do it in major situations. Pay attention to those people as well. And you also mentioned, uh, uh, we think about it in terms of the one-on-one relationship, but, but we connect with people in so many different ways because of technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are in the social media technology age, and so we have to consider that as a form of um, communication and being in relationship as well. Um, Many of us, we will text entire conversations. And um, many times, if you ever watch the judge shows, like uh, Judge Judy or the People's Court, many times people will give evidence of a text message because they have been in communication with the other party with whom they have a conflict and they want to use that as evidence of what was said or what wasn't said. And so, yes, we have to look at emails, text messaging, telephones, teleconference, not just being in person face to face. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So now you also, um, so so I'm going to ask you this question. I know that some of my listeners are out here saying, well, if, if you say pay attention, what did you miss? What did you not pay attention to? Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. And you know, um, experience will teach you some things. Yeah. And so one of the things that I missed, I went into a new working environment, um, and the way that our office was set up, I was in a satellite office, and uh-huh. our main office was on another side of the campus. Within that satellite office, it was just myself and my administrative assistant. And again, it was a new working environment, excuse me, working environment, and she had institutional knowledge and information because she had been there for quite a while. Uh-huh. Well, the lines became blurred, and I allowed them to become blurred, where we became a bit too chummy. And, and, and I think that's what I missed, that she was trying to draw me in okay. um, to, to a place where probably I should not have gone. Now, I mean, it wasn't anything major or, or um, just outlandish, but again... If I am her supervisor, if I am the person who has to uh, coach and counsel and give performance evaluations and give instruction, really I want to be careful with becoming too personal, with discussing um, a lot of family or personal issues. Not that you can't share some of that, but it it crosses a line. And so for me, I think that's what happened. It, It crossed a line and eventually... Uh, she decided that, well, now that we've crossed this line, you're not really my supervisor. You're more of my friend. Ah, okay. You are more of my friend. And I can do what I want. And so it got to the point of where she would come in late, and when I tried to coach and counsel her, she totally disregarded it. I went to my director to get support in coaching and counseling, and even my director wouldn't support. And that's when I started to think, mm-hmm. okay, it's my director. But what it was was my administrative assistant feeding my director falsehoods that mm-hmm. would cause my director not to support me. Now, Carl, mm-hmm. I just need to say this also because some people might say, well, how do you know she was feeding your director? I know because I found out years later. Well, no, let me back up. Before I left, I found out. Okay. The day that I was to leave, my last day, because I did end up losing my job. My position was eliminated. Um. And my administrative assistant came to me and confessed that she had been conspiring and conniving um, with my director to get me out. So she confessed this. And she said that she was confessing because she felt so badly about it. <laughs> now let me, let me fast. I'm sorry, did you have a question? Because I wanted to let people know. I, I don't want you to think this was just something in my head. Fast forward several years later, maybe 10 years later, I still was in relationship with some of the people who I had worked with. And in speaking with one of them who still worked there, that person told me that my predecessor, excuse me, my successor, the person who came after me had the exact same experience with my administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know, had I experienced these things? I said, yes. So again, it wasn't in my mind. This was real. And, and I missed it by getting a little bit too chummy. Oh, no. I, I, was, uh, I was laughing because 
uh, it was your beneficiary assistant may have been the instrument, but it was your boss. It <laughs> was, was a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Because my administrative assistant, she couldn't terminate my position, but my boss could. That's exactly right. And, and so you have to look could, for those things. Yeah, exactly. There's a connection there. And I know you say in your book, don't take it personally. Yeah. But how could you not take that personally? Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so <laughs> difficult. And so there is something called emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence, it is, uh, we hear often of your IQ, your intelligence quotient on how you can go far in life, when actually right. emotional intelligence talks about being emotionally mature and having the ability to empathize and see things from another person's perspective, almost to stand in their shoes and feel and see and experience from their standpoint. Now, of course, when I went through it, I took it personally. Of course. Mm -hmm. But that's why I'm writing the book, to help other people not take it personally. But that's your your first natural reaction, right? That is your first natural reaction to take it personally. But if you can, like you did in the very beginning of your show, take a few deep breaths, kind of clear your head, and understand that when people betray, it really is not about you. It's about them. It is about a deficit in them. And so with regard to what you just said um, just a few minutes ago, that my administrative assistant wasn't in this thing by herself. She actually had to work in combination with someone else, which was my director. Well, when a person betrays, they have a deficit. They feel like they they are not in the place they want to be. Maybe they're not getting kudos and recommendations and acknowledgments from the people they want them from. And so they will betray other people in order to try to fill up that hole, to satisfy that uh, missing area in their lives. And so when you look at it from that point, it really is not about you, because once you're out of the way, there will be another target. Because if it was truly about you, once you're out of the way, there are no more targets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also say, which is, I think it's hard, it can be hard to do, but I think people think they do it, is as you're going through this, you still got to do your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't let let that pain and that emotion consume you, right? Exactly. And that's why you have to find a way uh, to build support systems. And I talk about this in the book, how you need to have that circle, that inner circle of people who will support you. Uh, Not necessarily people who are on the job. They could be family. They could be friends. Uh, Support comes in many ways when you're dealing with workplace betrayal. And so if you're having a hard time on the job, when you get home in the evening, the last thing you may want to do is cook dinner. If you have a partner or children who can do that in the home, they are part of your support system. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said also to, to remember to, well, you didn't say remember, but you basically talk about embracing uh, Judas's expertise. And we're going to, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about that uh, when we come back from our break, okay? Sure. Thank you. All right. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Uh, uh, we just are uh, here with Kanisha, uh, the Reverend Dr. Kanisha L. Atkins, and um, talking about her book, uh, Help, There's a Judas on My Job <laughs> Nine Steps for uh, Surviving Workplace Betrayal. And We've been talking about some of the steps, and one of the things that Judith says, that's not Judith, that Kanisha says is to embrace uh, Judith's expertise. And so what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is if you have to continue working in the environment where you're being betrayed, if you have to continue working with Judas, then it would be in your best interest to just accept, and I don't mean you have to affirm Judas or pat Judas on the back, but yeah. accept the fact that Judas brings something to the working table that is beneficial for the organization and that the organization has determined is beneficial for you. And so if, again, you are in a situation where you can't leave, where you can't just go to another job or you can't just retire, you want to be able to accept that Judas does have a job to do and that more than likely Judas does his or her job well because that's why that person is still employed. Now, there are times when people are on jobs when they're not measuring up, but usually if a person is kept for years and years and years on a job, they are doing something that is of benefit to that employer. And so take advantage of the fact that Judas is able to meet those needs for the employer, uh, however that kind of meshes in with your job. Again, not saying you have to love everything about Judas, but acknowledge that they do bring something to the table and embrace what they bring to the table and how it can help your job. And, and one of the things that, that 
you say as you also go through that is, and, and, and it's not just you saying, and I mean, I've seen it in other research that I had, is that you need to talk to somebody. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you say you're, you you say choose your words wisely, um, yeah. but um, talking to someone in order to get past the 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 hurt and the anger is, I think, how you put it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you you can't just hold it all in. Uh, you can't feel like, well, I'm managing it um, by you know ignoring it. There there are different. There are about five different ways that people manage conflict. And one of the ways is that they accommodate it, meaning that you basically just let the person do what they want to do. Um, and what can happen with that is the anger and resentment can start to build on the inside. You need a way to exercise and get that anger and get the pain and the hurt out. And it may not be that you recognize the pain or anger as we traditionally think of it. Some people think anger is just simply being explosive. Mm. It could be if you have a change in just your overall behavior, if you're no longer sleeping well, if you're eating too much, you're eating too little, if you were someone who used to work out but now you don't work out. You know, if there's a change in your behavior, uh, your emotions have been thrown off and you need to get that out. And so a way to do that is to talk to someone. Now, one, you can talk to Judas, and that's why I say choose your words wisely, because if you choose to talk to Judas, you want to make sure that you don't add fuel to the fire, so you don't want to say anything that's inflammatory or that will get you fired, or even worse, get you locked up in jail, because words can be considered assault. Mm. And so you want to get those things out. But if you're not able to, I'm not advising that you do talk to Judas. I'm saying if you do, choose your words wisely. If you cannot choose your words wisely, talk to someone else. So it may be a manager. If it's a problem on the job that can be resolved within the organization, talk to a manager. If the problem is your manager, let's say Judas is your manager, then go to human resources. You need to go the next step up. If it is a problem dealing with uh, some type of unlawful situation such as discrimination, you can get in touch with outside organizations like the EEO, Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, or maybe your business's um, human resources or affirmative affirmative action officer. You can also talk to counselors, professional counselors, to therapists, licensed professional counselors, um, psychologists, licensed clinical social workers, and definitely don't leave out people of faith. If you have a pastor or um, a religious leader or a faith leader, and friends can be great for talk therapy because that's basically what it is. And they can allow you to say things in just the way you want to say it. However it comes up, a friend can let it come up and come out just the way you want to say it without there being any ramifications, uh, whereas if you did it for Judas, there could be a problem. Okay. okay. I, I, one of your reminders that I really, that I really liked uh, in, in that particular um, uh, area of checking in with your, your inner circle is uh, to remember that your job is just one part of your life. It is is not the whole thing. 
And that's right. That's right. Now, I know, um, you know, during this day and age, people work a lot of hours. And again, because we don't have to be present physically at the job site, a lot of times people telework. Uh, we hold conferences by telephone. We're sending emails. And so even though we spend a lot of our day working, understand that your job is just one part of your life. And if it's not, because there could actually be some people where their job is their life, mm-hmm. you might want to look at developing some other parts of life. Get mm-hmm. some friends outside of the job. Get involved in some activities outside of the job. Get connections with things and people that have absolutely nothing to do with the place where you work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's part of developing that inner circle of people and a resource that can help you as you're trying to navigate those waters of betrayal. I'm glad you said that because today a lot of companies are moving beyond just the workplace and they're encouraging uh, the staff and, and they are trying themselves to go into the community as well. So it sometimes becomes difficult, I think, for workers, for uh, management or leaders within that organization to separate that work uh, place from uh, the other parts of their life because they they sometimes become so intertwined. Absolutely. Um, and, and you're right. There are a lot of businesses requiring their employees to go into the community and build those relationships. But again, you have to keep it clear in your mind that even as you're building those relationships, that is still part of your job. And when you build those relationships, if it looks like those people now want to move from it being a business relationship over into a personal relationship, you want to exercise some wisdom and decide and determine whether that would be a good idea for you to do that. Because once you do that, all of the lines are probably blurred and expectations may be um, put out there where you're, you think you're op- <clears throat> excuse me you think you're operating as a friend because the lines have been blurred, but now that person maybe wants some special perks or something when it comes mm. to business. So you're and saying so, there may be a reason that they're that they want to be friends with you. So well, be aware. It, there may be a reason. It, it could be intentional, and it will circle all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. It may be unintentional. It may not be that they went into being a friend with you because they wanted some business benefit. They may actually enjoy your company. They may mm-hmm. actually like you. You may actually have a lot of things in common outside of work. However, you have to keep it straight that this is a business relationship, and while you can be friendly and amicable, it doesn't mean that you should blur those lines. Okay, okay. And, and, and you, sometimes when you go to your friends, uh, and I'll, I'll say were people that you, that you believe your friends you can go to, they pull away. They may not be in it with you. Uh, and I think that you, you talk about forgiving your friends. Yes. So another thing to keep in mind is that the betrayal is something that we, that, that the individual person is experiencing. Mm-hmm. And while your friends may be very supportive 
and maybe very understanding and empathetic, they don't want to hear about it all the time. Let's just put it like that. Yeah. They, don't, they, want, they don't want to hear you crying about it all of the time. And so you have to forgive your friends because it is your battle. It is your battle. It's not their battle. It's your battle. And your friends can only go as far as they can go. They can only support you as far as they can support you. Now, what I mean is not necessarily that they will, um, let's, let's say we're looking at a, a work week and they support you Sunday through Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday they're gone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are only substantive areas where they may be able to go with you. And so they may be able to support you every day of the week, but maybe they just can't support you in every single area. Maybe that's not the person that you talk to about the betrayal. Maybe this is the person who gets you out of um, your, your um, depression and gets you into another place. And when you want to talk about the betrayal, they just don't want to hear it. You have to forgive them. You really have to forgive them because people can only go as far as they are able to go. Friends are not trained therapists. Mm. They are not say, trained therapists. And, and but you also you also you also say pray. Absolutely pray. And so when I when I talk about praying, I'm not trying to convert anyone to a particular religion or denomination. Um, I, I like saying it this way: pray to the God of your understanding, mm. whoever you understand God to be. Because there comes a point of where you have done all that you can do, mm-hmm. where you've um, you paid attention and you have um, not taken it personally, but you're still hurting. You have the inner circle of friends. You've talked to someone. You've done everything you can, but you're still um, being plagued by the emotions and, and even the reality of a betrayal. Like I said, I ended up losing my job there comes a point of where you really have to consult a higher power. And a higher power, again, being who do you understand um, to be the source or what do you understand to be the source of your help. Now, things like drinking alcohol, overeating, um, gambling excessively, I call those lower powers. You need a higher power to consult to help you get through this time. All right. Well, Kanisha, it's been great talking with you. If the people want to get in touch with you or want to uh, purchase your book, where would they do that? Great. So uh, the book is available on Amazon.com. Just put in my name, Kanisha Atkins. That's K-A-N-I-S-H-A. Last name is A-D-K-I-N-S. And also my second book is also available on Amazon.com, Less Than Virtuous, More Than Capable. Uh, Affirmations for Everyday Women, and that's a great book to use in combination with Help, There's a Judas on My Job, because it gives you affirmations to actually help you get through those seasons. I'm also um, uh, um, I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, I'm on Facebook. Uh, everybody's on Facebook these days. I am on Facebook under Rev, R-E-V, Dr. D-R, Kenesha L. Adkins. Rev, Dr. Kenesha L. Adkins. I'm also on uh, Twitter at Kanisha Atkins and on Instagram. And um, I am in the Virginia area, but I do travel and 
if you ever need a speaker or a facilitator or a preacher, because again, I am uh, an ordained preacher, I uh, can be reached through kladkins3 at gmail.com. Hello? gmail.com. Okay. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, being on our show, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back. We just had a great conversation with the Reverend Dr. Kanisha L. Atkins. Uh, she was giving you her uh, contact. If you, if you want to talk with her or reach her, uh, you can contact her at klatkins3 at gmail.com or klatkins3 at yahoo.com. And she said, feel free to give her her call if you want to talk at 202-854-1963. Okay. And we're talking about conflict and betrayal. <clears throat> and there's some general rules, you know, that you can you can follow as relates to to conflict or, or, or trying to resolve conflict. And again, um, you know, most of our conflict, uh, uh, particularly in the workplace, is around leader conflict. We disagree with a leader or uh, 
in some instances, um, you know, we think the leader's um, wrong or there's some friction between you and the leader. Um, there's an interdependency-based conflict. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But work styles, differences, you know, some people like to uh, be very orderly and other people are kind of all over the place. Um, also, uh, personality clashes. That's probably more typical is that... Uh, uh, fortunately, we don't all have the same personality, and I, and and Kanisha mentioned that um, uh, uh, a little bit in in her discussion to earlier today. And and what brought to mind, and what I thought about as I was she was talking about that was, I don't know how many of you are Star Trek fans, but there was an episode in in the old Star Trek. This was back with Doctor James T. Kirk, and they went to this planet or the solar system where there was no conflict. And I can remember watching this where there was absolutely no conflict and it was really peaceful and they had all this, you know, real kind of uh, techie kind of music. And I thought, boy, I am bored watching, <laughs> watching the lack of conflict here. Um, so the conflict is kind of spices up your life. It kind of revs, gets you up and revs you going. But point is you're not you may not like everybody you may not uh, like to be around everybody you may not like to interact with everybody and some of that's because of the personalities all personalities are different and and we just have to understand that and and move past it and the other thing is that I think we're seeing a lot of conflict uh, around is culture so cultural based conflict um, I, I would say it's definitely it's on the rise as we're having more and more people from different cultures uh, coming into the workplace. They don't leave that at home and suddenly become uh, we become all homogeneous. Each of us has our own cultures that we bring in with us. And, and within those cultures, there are certain norms that are different from others. So if we're not as accepting, if we're not as open uh, to that, then we're going to have conflict. And sometimes we have conflict. I think you heard me mention this to Kanisha earlier. Sometimes we have conflict and we don't know that there's conflict. And some of that is because people are not, don't always tell you that there's a conflict. So just because nobody said to you there's something wrong doesn't mean that, uh, that there's not something wrong or there's some issue. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you got to have an open mind. And... Uh, uh, talk with people and help that they're they're open as well so that there's some comfortability around discussing where we have that conflict. Uh, we keep saying we need to talk about our differences and, and learn from our differences, but I don't know how much we actually do that um, to the extent that I, you know, at the point that we are just beginning to do it, I'm already hearing people say we talk too much about it or we shouldn't talk about it at all. Let's not just not say anything. And usually what happens when you say nothing is that you may not do it on the outside, but you definitely feel the conflict on the inside. Because just because you tell me not to say anything or not to mention it doesn't mean that that emotion goes away. doesn't mean that I'm still not conflicted um, in a matter that uh, may or may not be healthy uh, to myself or, or to you. Uh, 
So to resolve the conflict, make sure that you clarify what the conflict is. You know, so often uh, we may have conflicts and you're thinking it's one thing and the person you're having a conflict with or the thing you're having a conflict with is, is, is on a different page. So let's first clarify what the disagreement is and then establish a goal for, for, both, for both parties and then decide how you're going to meet the goal and determine what are the barriers to that goal and what's going to prevent you from doing it. And then agree on the best way to resolve that conflict. How are we best going to resolve that? And then acknowledge that uh, uh, upon the resolution that, gosh, we worked through that and, you know, what are the steps we're going to take to so that won't happen again. So I think that's, that's important to do that. And also, when you've, when you've been betrayed, everybody's been betrayed. I've been betrayed in the workplace. Uh, and for me, and I think I mentioned this to you, uh, I mentioned this to you before, I know I have. Uh, when you're betrayed in the workplace, that means trust is broken. Somebody has broken trust. And that may be, have, done, have been done uh, intentionally or unintentionally. But it's there. And you got to really observe and acknowledge what's happened within the workplace and then allow the feelings to surface and particularly uh, employers. I know we want to say, well, let's not talk about it or, or uh, let's not, you know, deal with it, but people need to be heard. And so if you ignore those emotions and you say, oh, they'll get over it. I've, and I've been in, in the workplace or worked in, in corporations long enough that I do hear that. We'll just ignore that and they'll just forget about it. No, those emotions are still there. You may not hear it, but they go underground and you don't want them to go underground. So you have to give them a space to be heard and then give the employees support uh, for those companies. Sometimes talking with a trusted colleague or co-worker uh, is good therapy. Sometimes they need to go outside uh, this environment to uh, the workplace to to do that. Sometimes they do need a professional uh, in doing that. And it may be even reframing the experience so that, you know, you're looking at it from a different uh, point of view and taking responsibility. Uh, and by that, I mean, acknowledging that, yes, there was there was a betrayal or that did happen. Now what? What are we going to do from there? You know, ask yourself, what can I do differently? Definitely forgiveness is in order. And and remember that forgiveness is not about forgiving other people as much as it is freeing you from that anger, from that hurt. Um, forgiveness is more about uh, uh, not shifting the blame uh, to solve the problem. And then let go and move on. Accept what it is without blame and move on. It takes time, it takes work, and it takes commitment. And we're committed to you t uh, to do a great show and to help you feel better and to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for being with me today. I love you. Look forward to hearing from you next time. And from the inside out, this is Carla. See you next time. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Carla D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.